From the trails, woods, and waters of the Great Lakes State to the Michigan Talk Network, it's Wild Michigan with your host, Duran Martinez. Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez. Happy to have you here in this November. Feels like late August, early September, but uh, definitely November, man. And uh, we are getting closer, getting closer to the firearm deer season here in Michigan. Will it get cold at that time? Are we going to have some nice weather, although nice warm weather and deer hunting kind of don't always go hand in hand? But we'll find out more about that in a couple of minutes. Going to thank our good friends at Not Just Guns, Cedar Street at 127 in Mason. Look for their auctions and definitely look online at notjustguns.com to see their ever-changing inventory, their ever-growing inventory, and their huge selection of ammunition. Okay, don't miss out. Don't wait till the 14th to sight in. Get your optics, get your ammunition, maybe that new firearm you wanted for deer season, maybe that straight wall uh, firearm that you wanted for deer season so you can hunt below 57 with a rifle. All at Not Just Guns in Mason or online, notjustguns.com. And Conquest Sense will be talking with Doug Roberts in the second half of this hour. But right now on the Conquest Sense hotline is Tom Nelson, the American Archer Hall of Famer. How are you, sir? I'm great, Duran. It's my time of the year, so it's almost impossible not to be in a good mood. It is, and and I want to congratulate your lovely wife, Beth, on a very nice, uh, great-looking buck that she got. Uh, just when, when did she get that? Because I got the picture last night before Yesterday. we were the show. Yesterday. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. that was a Wednesday buck, um, and, and just like five-ish in the afternoon, a little after five? Yep, 5.20. Yeah, see, that's perfect, man. And the weather about that time, things were starting to cool down a little bit from a warmer day in the mid-60s, and that's great. But, but Tom, let's look at what we've seen this week and what we're going to see up until the 14th. We're going to have days in the upper 60s, 70s, mid-60s, and deer already have that winter coat going. So what's yeah. the movement like? Well, it... The, the, Let's just use the example of you or I out on an afternoon like that where it's 68 degrees and you put your down park on and out you've got to go and do a little bit of walking for the next few hours. <laughs> and uh, you're going to get be like uncomfortable, you're overly warm, and honestly, you're going to want to just sit down in the shade someplace. And, and the same can be said for, for whitetails. Now, with that said, Duran, it is November, and regardless of the heat, at some point, those bucks are going to be up and on the move. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's just, you know, nature's calling, they're, so they're going to be doing their thing. But the does are, are sitting a little tight. I've noticed the last couple of mornings and evenings, mornings have been better because it's been cooler than, than the afternoons. So movement has been better on the morning hunts. But... Uh, the bucks are, are still going to be out there in that seeking phase now. They're going to be looking, but the does are, are hunkering down. So don't expect fantastic deer movement and lots of deer, but you still need to be out there because those bucks are going to be out and about. Tom Nelson joins us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline on Wild Michigan. Tom, 
we have as as people as hunters have gone to great lengths to fool the eyes ears and nose of a whitetail but getting inside their head is really where it's at i mean just as far as i have learned over the past you know 16 years of doing this show all those those first three things are great but getting inside the the mind and tricking them that way is is definitely a way to get the you know the big bucks in closer. And a mock scrape is a visual that we use to make that happen. That's correct. And you know it's it's always funny because I'll put out dozens of mock scrapes on our farm, other places that I hunt, out of state where I hunt, and some get taken over by by bucks and does and others are neglected or not even looked at. And you always wonder, you know, what am I doing wrong? Uh, you know, what's going on? But it's all about location, location, location. I mean, some, some places you see scrapes every year. Um, bucks just like that spot. Other Others are, um, you know, in places that deer just aren't comfortable coming to, I guess, or are, aren't interested in it. And, and again, visual is a big part of it, you know, having that deer footprint in that scrape, having the overhanging branch, the right scent, you know, and, 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 and such. It's a combination of all, all the above to, to make it work. But I'm a big, big fan of mock scrapes. And right now is a great time to have them out because pretty quick when they're chasing, when those does are in heat, they, the bucks aren't visiting the scrapes like they would be right now. And that's going to be coming up shortly. And, and then it's a whole other game as far as, tricks and things that you that you need to do tom nelson our guest here on wild michigan he is the host of the american archer television show on the outdoor channel tom how are you making those scrapes i know uh, doug we'll talk to doug about the scrape tool but what goes into uh the the size and the content of, Mm -hmm. of that scrape you know bucks in general especially the the older age class bucks make perhaps hundreds of scrapes. I mean, some they visit, come back to, others they, they never look at again or never return to and, and and such. So when you put down a mock scrape, size matters. You want to put a decent size one so visually it's appealing. But again, that overhanging branch, you've got to have that overhanging branch somewhere around four to five foot off the ground. And I cut a lot of vines, grape vines and stuff that I see growing in the wild. And then I'll zip tie one in place even. They, they're really attracted to vines. That's been one of my key secrets to producing uh, active mock scrapes. But I, I use scent. I, I've used, you know, uh, especially from here on out, I'll be using BS1, which is uh, uh, one of Doug's products. And, and it's a great attractant to use to, to bring bucks in and have them return. But, you know, do, uh, an unknown fact to a lot of hunters, does are the ones that actually determine which scrapes become very active and as I term them primary scrapes and which are neglected you know if the does like it like the scent like everything they'll come they'll urinate and and hang around those scrapes waiting for bucks to return so they actually pick which ones really become active Tom Nelson joins us here I'm sorry go ahead Tom no I I was gonna say so with that being said by adding like VS1 etc I am basically mimicking what that doe would be doing to that scrape to make it become active. 
And that's funny. I, I mean, I, I know a lot of time it's it's you know a, a bigger buck going, hey, this is mine. And then her now saying, "Hey, I'm here." <laughs> it, it, it's almost mm-hmm. it's almost like you know a singles bar for whitetails. <laughs> yeah, and you know just because a dominant buck might make that scrape a year and a half, multiple. I mean, it's a communal thing. Other bucks come by, they check it out, they return, they come back see if there's a doe around, and and that's the whole idea. I mean, I'm I'm looking at attracting every buck in the area that I can. That's that's why you. You sent them up good so that they, it's almost Duran like they need to see, you know, more than just one thing. They, they need more than just that visual. They need a, a combination. They need to smell. It needs to smell right. It needs to look right. And if, and if you don't have that combination, it's just never going to, well, really, you know, produce what you want mm-hmm. it to. So you've got to factor in a, a, a combination, at least the sight, uh, the scent, and, and, and the mixture of the two. All right, Tom Nelson joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline, talking about making mock scrapes for the remainder of bow season going into firearm deer season here in Michigan. Tom, we'll join back with you in just a couple of seconds uh, as we uh, make our way through this first segment of the first hour of the show. Keep in mind that when you harvest a deer this year, 2022, that you have 72 hours to get it uh registered with the, with the DNR get it checked or uh, do so online with the new app from the Michigan DNR I have the app it's very simple to use and uh, make your deer count okay get it done it's it's uh, the right thing to do more coming with Tom Nelson here next on Wild Michigan on the Michigan Talk Network You can join us on Facebook or listen to podcasts all from our website at wildmichiganradio.com. Now, back to Duran Martinez and Wild Michigan. Hey, up in the backwoods, down in the holler. Old boys feeling like a dog on a collar. Keeping that chain full tight. Waiting on Saturday night. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez being brought to you by Conquest Sense. Coming up in the second part of this hour, we're going to speak with Doug Roberts uh, from Conquest Sense. Find out how we can fool the nose of the whitetail uh, this year for the remainder of bow season coming up into firearm deer season, which, of course, is November 15th. And remember, on this weekend, uh, we are moving the clocks back an hour. So the, the it's going to get darker in the woods sooner, but you're going to have daylight sooner, according to the clock. Frankly, leave the towel alone. That's just me. But I digress. Going to go back to Tom Nelson, host of the American Archer here on uh, Wild Michigan via the Conquest Sense Hotline. Um Tom, you're normally like getting ready to travel all over the place around this time, but still, no matter no matter where you hunt, like Kansas, excuse me, Alberta, places like that, places where there are historically really, really big deer, there are still really, really big deer in Michigan, and we're proving that year after year. Absolutely. Already this year, Duran, I've, I've received several text photos of, uh, giant bucks being killed here in in Michigan. So you know, our state, is, in in my opinion, has gotten better and better. Our hunters have become more knowledgeable as far as age class and what it takes to produce you know big bucks, and have been passing up a lot of the small ones. You know, letting them 
grow and, and, and such. And, and that's a real credit to, to the hunting community and the fact that, you know, a lot of them out there, a lot of hunters understand that, you know, you need to harvest does and, and letting, you know, this age class of bucks get, get older and bigger is, is a good thing. This quality deer management has really, I think, taken some great steps forward here in our state. But again, I look at when, you know, 30, 40 years ago when I was first hunting, well, actually it's been 47 years, 48 <laughs> years. So, but, you know, if you saw a buck with a calcium deposit on its head, you got your bow up or raised your <laughs> rifle and usually, you know, took him home. Um, and now hunters like my wife, um, I don't know how many bucks she's passed up this year. So, you know, just, just waiting for an, an older deer and, and that's, and that's great. And that's why, you know, Michigan is, is becoming a, um, a more of a go-to state for, for bucks, you know, and we're producing some great bucks. We've always had them, always had good genetics, but it, it's nice to see the quality of deer that we're, we're producing on a more regular basis. I agree. Tom Nelson joining us here on Wild Michigan. Tom, I mean, it, it used to be, I mean, look, I, I go to enough estate sales, garage sales and whatnot to see um, tons of old, the old metal tagged deer antlers on, on plaques, uh, you know, all like year and a half, maybe a two and a half year old buck if it was a, a good year for that guy to get, uh, get out there. But always these very small racks and, and understand that if that's what you want, you're putting meat in the freezer, knock yourself out. I don't care. I'm not judging. But as far as the number of mature bucks we're seeing out there, people deciding to wait or to take a, a doe to fill that freezer, things have slowly started that change in that direction. Yes, a absolutely. And Duran, let me make this perfectly clear. I'm as you stated, I'm perfectly fine if somebody is happy, you know, in, in harvest where where it's legal, a year and a half old buck. If that's what you want, you know, bait. Some some hunters only have a day or two to go out. That that's that's fine, and I'm not going to begrudge them that. Um, it's it's a personal choice. But for with that being said, if if, if meat is on the table, you know, an issue, shoot a doe. We we really in many 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 areas are overwhelmed with. Uh, too many does uh, as far as population densities. So it, it, rather than shoot a one horn four inch spike, take a big mature doe home. You're doing doing everybody, including the deer herd, uh, a favor. So just something to think about. But I do salute all the the hunters that are um, being choosy and trying to. And, and again, let me back this uh, back up a little bit here too. It, to me personally, it I have to give credit to the younger generation. It seems it's like those twenty and thirty year old hunters out there that are are being choosy and and wanting to you know do what's right for the deer herd and stuff more so than people my age that are out there. <laughs> they still are kind of old school. So it, uh, again, my my hats off to the, these young hunters that are being selective. You get us old guys, Tom, and we're just like you know we're just like. You, set you know I, then going back to this <laughs> this thing with the with the uh, reporting of your deer look yeah. i i know there's yeah. a lot of the technologically you know un un you know uneducated challenge, uh, challenge. <laughs> that's the word i was looking for <laughs> uneducated, not so much but you know i get it but when you look historically we're last you know and and off air you made mention of it'd be great if we had a number to call in because a lot of the states you hunt have that number to call in 
Yes, an 800 number, I think, would really behoove the whole system. Um, I, I personally know, I, I've got guys and gals' names popping into my head right now that are, I'll use your term, technically challenged. <laughs> I mean, they have a, a cell phone, but they don't know how to get online and, and uh, you know, fill out something. That they're, they're confused. And, and so that, you know, will be a detriment as far as them reporting or trying to. And, and the, you know, we're saying get somebody in their hunting camp to do it for you, your son or somebody back home. But it would be so easy for these older hunters or, or challenge hunters. Grab the phone, call an 800 number. Hey, I got a buck. Press two if it's a, you know, a six point or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm trying to remember all that. Would I think be a lot easier pill for these guys to, and gals to swallow if they if they could just grab the phone and call in and report their deer. Yeah, I mean, you could, you know, because you're not going to have, well, you might have more than one, you know, enter the number of points on the left side followed by the pound sign. You know, I mean, I, I could see exactly right. the ease of that, you know, without yeah. having to go online, without having to use an app or anything else. That may be hopefully uh, something that in the near future we actually get a budget for. But uh, but for right now, we have what we have. And and, and I understand that there, from the beginning, when we talked to Chad about the Chad Stewart from Michigan DNR, that there was going to be pushback or, or people just saying, I'm not going to do it. Oh, yeah. um, we get that. And that's why they're being a, probably a little lax on enforcement this year. But don't expect that next year. And, and Duran, I think this is a good idea. I mean, we're one of the few states that you don't have to report a deer. And I constantly hear complaints from Michigan hunters that, you know, oh, they, the DNR doesn't know really how many deer we have in our county or what the population's like here, or they give out too many doe tags, or they don't give out enough. And this is uh, this will stop the complaint. I mean, that if you don't participate in this, you're, you know, nobody to blame but yourself, because this is a way of getting that information to the to our Department of Natural Resources that they need to make some sound management decisions as far as our deer herd in the state of Michigan is concerned. So if you're not helping, you're hurting. So I, I'm I'm an advocate for for reporting, you know, as far as your your deer kill and and filling out these questions. I mean, it's important, and our DNR needs that info. Absolutely. Tom Nelson, the American Archer, host of that television show on the Outdoor Channel, joining us. And, and Tom, uh, you haven't taken your Michigan buck yet, I take it. it it'll, it'll happen. <laughs> I, I have seen a lot of deer. And a matter of fact, uh, um, here in the next day or so, I, I have a doe tag in my pocket. I definitely got a fill. I, but um, I've been seeing some really, really nice bucks on camera. Um, I passed up one the other night that the next morning I woke up and I said, what is wrong with you? Why, why, <laughs> why, did, you, why did you not shoot that deer? But it's fun. I don't want to end my season. Right. It's just, I'm, I'm enjoying it. Well, real quickly, you still got turkeys to worry about till the 14th. Tom Nelson, thank you so much for joining us here on Wild Michigan. Thank you, brother. My pleasure. I still Hey, Michiganiacs, this is your blood brother, Ted Nugent, celebrating the almighty Michigan spirit of the wild with my blood brother, Duran Martinez, on Wild Michigan. Go wild.
Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez being brought to you by Not Just Guns, Cedar Street 127 and Mason. And of course, Conquest Sense. ConquestSense.com, a link to them on our website, WildMichiganRadio.com. You can see the uh, Evercalm bomb, the new scent fire, the scrape maker tool, which we talked about with Tom Nelson uh, just before these segments that we're getting ready to talk to Doug Roberts from Conquest Sense right now. Uh, makers of Evercalm, VS1, Running Buck, Sense in a Stick, the new Thermapads we've been talking about. Doug, welcome, and, uh, and I'm so glad to hear that they are doing well. Welcome, sir. Yeah, yeah, it's good to be with you, Duran. Yes, the uh, Thermapads, um, we kind of had a good idea that they'd be a good hit. <laughs> a lot of the buyers from the stores thought it was a phenomenal idea, um, but the response that we're getting from the hunters um, and how the deer are reacting so positively to them is a good thing. And we're actually also finding out they're lasting about four hours instead of that three to three and a half um, when they're heated. So, um, yeah, hunters are giving us some really, really good feedback. And that's good. And that's where that's where you want it to come from. I know you can test right there on the on the farm and. Um you know, and, and get some test results from from some of us in the interim. But getting people that have either not familiar with your product, have never used the product, uh, and put those in their hands for the first time—that's got to be where the true testament's coming in. It, it is, and, and you know, Duran, you're right. What we do is we go through stages or phases of testing. So the first test is, of course, on the farm with our deer which is a very controlled setting. Then we'll take it out to a ranch where, okay, those deer are wild in the sense that it might be 600 to 1,500 acres, and they're just living out there and have a great life. How do they react? Then we hand it to our TV hosts that really do a lot of filming so we can see the reactions and get their input from it. And then we give it to the hunters uh, as that final boost for them to really tell us, here's how we use it and here's how we have found it works or doesn't work. And so we can fix the things that uh, we need to fix. So uh, we're in that last phase. Um, we've just met with a number of the buyers from box stores, and everybody has jumped on board. Uh, thought it was a great idea. So uh, we're excited. That's fantastic because, I mean, Thermocell now has rechargeable units that you can use. Um, and, and it doesn't matter which one you have, whether you have the personal carry unit, a rechargeable unit, a, a lantern for Pete's sake. You know, whatever's heating up that thermopad will dispense that scent. And, and that yep. is just brilliant. Yeah, it was kind of funny. I went into TSC yesterday to deliver, uh, here in Davis, to deliver an order um, and drop some of the product off. And I asked her, I said, so... We're looking at the, the thermocell stand uh, end cap that they have, and we're going to try to create one to put next to it for next year. And I looked, I said, How, you just sold a bunch of this. And she goes, you know, they put that on discount, and all of a sudden things are selling like crazy, so they took it back off discount, but we're already sold out of everything. <laughs> and I told her what we were selling on our website, and she goes, well, now I know why it all disappeared. I mean, it was empty. <laughs> so... <laughs> So Thermosel is actually making some good money <laughs> due to what we're doing. So, you know, good for them. That That's fantastic, you know, and, and thanks to our, our Flint area listeners that, that pay attention to what we're talking about here because it, it's about getting the information out because, look, like I talked with, with Tom, you know, we were talking about mock scrapes, about how that is like a visual and psychological 
a way that we can attract deer if we can, but still combining uh, the conquest sense within that visual because the olfactory system of, of a deer is, is so acute to uh, smell in its area, especially to changes, and that's where things like Evercalm come into play. Well, absolutely, and Tom, Tom and I both love mock scrapes, or even if there's a real scrape and you're refreshing it and you try to take it over and control it with scents, but that's where the key comes in. It has to be real, fresh, authentic scents. Uh, young bucks, young deer, yeah, they'll, they'll if something's different, they'll go and check it out. That's like a teenage kid. They just don't know any better. But if you're hunting mature does, mature bucks, they know what things should smell like. And that's when the scents you're using either pay off or they cost you. Um, but the, the, the scrape maker, what it does is it gives you the ability to give all of the visual aspects that a new buck is in the area. It, it gives you the oversized hoof print. It gives you the rubs on the trees in the area. So deer, bucks can see that from a long distance, and they go, hey, I didn't make that. Mm-hmm. So who's in my area making rubs? Well, now I'm going to go check the scrape. Well, now we have scent in that scrape from another buck. Okay, they've got to get more aggressive, which means they're going to check it more often. And that's when it pays off for the hunters. Even, yeah, and, and that's, I mean, look, we, right now we're experiencing like some really, really warm days. And, you know, they're walking around these heavy coats on. They don't want to move much. But if something triggers their nose to, to make them curious, that'll be our advantage in this time. Absolutely. And right now, yeah, they're laying low all day long because if they do get out and move around, they're going to start overeating overheating so the most movement right now is middle of the night that's the coolest time of the day for them Um, and that's what everyone's saying they're seeing everything at night on their trail cameras so if we can put something out that will pull them out a little bit earlier a little bit sooner or hold them a little longer in the morning after the sun comes up we got a huge advantage as a hunter of being able to harvest one of those deer and I agree. Doug Roberts is our guest here on the Conquest Sense Hotline, oddly enough, from Conquest Sense. Um, and how did those scents in a stick hold up with heat? I mean, say they're in your pack. I mean, not like direct 80 degrees all day, but I'm just saying in above average warmer temperatures like we're having right now. Yeah, well, we did some testing with them down in Texas, uh, Florida, Georgia. And what we found was if you put them in direct sunlight, that sun hits that black container or that black bag and it can heat it up to where you can actually go back to liquefying or really soften it up. But if it's not in direct sunlight, if it's in your backpack, um, we actually left them in the door of, of some trucks. Um, and it was a hundred and something degrees. They didn't, they didn't melt because the direct sunlight couldn't get to them. They were still hidden in the shade. Um, it may be a little softer, but yeah, we say about 110 degrees, it'll start to break down. Okay, good. That's not Michigan. <laughs> no, it's not Michigan. Um, they have to be a little careful with it down in South Texas, Florida, you know, some of those areas. But again, if it's not direct sunlight, you're still pretty much okay. Yeah, that's, I mean, and, and that was a, a question I, I've kind of always had. I don't think we've ever asked it because it, it is, a, you know, there is some paraffin in there, some wax and things with a, a a lower melting point than than yep. other things and you know and with, with other scents be they in, in bottle or whatever um 
does it break down? Are we getting our sense broken down if they've been exposed to heat for that long a time as far as uh, their their freshness or their, their consistencies? It's not. Uh, the, the, the unique thing about the wax formula is the urine is encapsulated in it. Um, so even though it warms up, cools down, whatever that does, it stays within that. Now, the outer edge, uh, and we always say that, the very, very thin layer um, actually evaporates and hardens. And that locks the rest of the stick in and keeps it fresh. Whether it gets warm, whether it gets cold, it doesn't matter. It just holds it in that state. Um, and we didn't do that. We didn't know it was going to do that. Uh, just over time and testing over the years, we found that that's what it did. And so, again, our sense can stay fresh for actually a couple years uh, if you don't use the stick up. Good. That's good to know because I was just going to ask how long, what type of shelf life they had, and, and now I know. So that pretty much answers that. Doug Roberts is our guest here, ConquestSense.com. They are in Davison, Michigan. Doug, hang on because it's bound to get cooler, and we've got to figure out what uh, you know what is the, the line that we're going to use, the VS1, the Running Buck, and the Evercom. So hold on, please. Okay. We'll be right back. Going to talk more with Doug Roberts. Again, find the link to Conquest Sense on our website, Wild Michigan radio.com you can send your suggestions comments or questions to us here via email at outdoor mailbag at gmail.com now back to wild michigan turn the quiet up turn the noise down let this old world just spin around. Welcome back to Wild Michigan. I'm Duran Martinez all over the Great Lakes State and the world at wildmichiganradio.com. You can pick up our podcast anytime you want. Uh, 24-7, they are available. You can find out what we've talked about and who we've talked to. And if you've got a suggestion, by all means, man, hit me up on my phone number. My cell number's right there or uh, outdoormailbag at gmail.com. Find me on Facebook. You can send me direct messages there. And by all means, please send your pictures of your deer, your your fish, upland game birds, turkeys, whatever it is you've taken throughout the course of this year, please send it to me. We'll post it up. We want to share your success because it's everyone's success when we see how we're doing here in the Great Lakes State. Doug Roberts is our guest. Conquest Sense is uh, the company that uh, he and Karen have been toiling over for so many years now. And and to, to great success, it's been so nice to see these things. And Doug, you know, we're at this this oddly warm time of the year it's going to get cold deer are going to get moving um but scent is like one of the most important things not only covering our own but uh intriguing the nose of a whitetail and you guys have that solid with with evercom vs1 and the rutting buck yeah it's you know the weather is causing problems and it's happening everywhere um we're probably a week to a week and a half away of the rut kicking in. Um, and it'll be full go where the does will start coming into heat. So right now it's not a bad time to include VS1 uh, with your Evercom. Of course, Evercom, as you just said, is a covering scent. It just it creates an area of safety and comfort to all the deer, no matter if they're a doe or a buck. But 
these bucks are now looking for those does that are starting to come into heat. Now, if you put it out and the dominant doe in that area hasn't come into heat yet, she's not going to like it um, because she controls the area. She's the matriarch. But the bucks don't care. That's what they're looking for. So right now there's a balancing act. If you might get the does a little upset, but the bucks are really going to start tuning into it and will want to tune in and look for that doe that's in heat. In about a week to a week and a half, the doe's coming into heat. Now you're competing with them, but the bucks are really going to start being on the move. And let's just hope we get a cold spell and the temperature drop or they're just going to run more at nighttime. It just is what it is. Yeah, it is, too. I mean, it's it's getting cooler faster in the day that we've seen, but now we've got to compete with a time change coming up uh, where we fall back an hour. It's like, you know, again, I said this in the first segment with Tom. I said, I just wish they could leave this alone, go back to when we didn't have this daylight savings because it's not saving me anything. You know, it's all about no. me, dog. <laughs> No, uh, Duran, it's not saving anyone. I, I don't know of anyone that I've ever talked to that liked the time change. It just messes with everybody. It messes with your system. And, you know, the deer don't wear watches. They're not on clock time. Um, and hunters have to understand it and remember that, that when we go out and hunt, we're in their living room. We're in their kitchen. We're in their bedroom. And they know it very well, and they are never in a hurry. So you better make sure that things that you put in that area or put where they can smell or see or get that feeling that something's there better be natural. Because if it's not, they're going to be the the mature bucks are going to be very aware of that, and you can just move them out or you'll just make them totally nocturnal. Doug Roberts, our guest here on Wild Michigan, being brought to you by Not Just Guns. Uh, it's, gosh, I, you know, I, I've seen firsthand how these these scents work uh, with with you know with whitetails, and I can tell you firsthand that the only way they're affected is to keep them around longer because of the curiosity. Not once, even with a thermocell unit, just using it to keep away from mosquitoes. Uh, have I had something get spooked? And that just blows my mind. And this makes me wonder how synthetics work. Well, <laughs> we have a line of synthetics for those states that, you know, have banned real urines. Of course, Canada, most of the provinces have. Um, we were fortunate we got into Canadian Tire up there with it. But it took us two and a half years to develop a smell that all bucks, all deer were attracted to was as similar to our real sense as they honestly could be to the human nose. Um, and they were all organic material smells. So it's real, but it's not deer smells. Does that make sense? It, it does. Um, it, it was very difficult to do, um, but we, we've mastered it, and, and sales on the synthetic scents that we do have, which are just the whitetail scents, have done very well. You know, it, it's like I can I can see that because uh, <laughs> this is going to be a really weird comparison, and forgive me for it. But, look, if, if we can imitate crab meat, okay, with like crab with a K, with fake crab, 
okay, and yep. fool us, then there's got to be a way to – because that's made with a completely different kind of fish. So I right. can see where – a synthetic that you guys have worked with with organics comes up with that smell that will fool the whitetail nose. It, it does, you know. And again, hunters have to remember. And I still, I just had a guy talk. I talked to him here last week, and he's like, you know, I'm just not getting those long positive reactions from the deer. Did you change something in your sense? And I had to remind him. I said, listen, sense do one thing. It gives you that three to five second window of opportunity to harvest that animal if you choose to. Anything past that is a bonus. And he's just not getting the bonuses right now. Um, you know, wasn't having spooking deer, wanting, you know, any negative effects, but he wasn't getting the big positive effects that he was used to getting. And it just kind of cracked me up because we forget that. Mm -hmm. um, Sensor are there to give you that opportunity. Um, get them to lock into a spot, into a smell, into an area where you have a chance to harvest that animal. That means that scent worked and it was successful. Yeah, and that's, you know, and, and again, people will go back to the same thing because I've that's what I've always used. You know, that mentality uh, can be said for so many things in this state. Um, but, and that's why we've been, we've been talking to you for this amount of time because we know firsthand, I mean, you live with a couple hundred whitetail day in, day out and you see what's going on. You know, like when I want to know what's happening with the rut, I call Doug because this warm weather, you see the activity physically of what's going on with the whitetails and it's as goes in a couple hundred acres ranch goes outside the fence as well. Yep. Right. And right now this weather everything's up in the morning there's a lot of movement happening in the morning they're laying all day long and they're really not even getting up much in the afternoon evening until it gets dark um and that's th that's the same thing that's happening on the farm and it's the same thing that's happening out in in the free range wild um we just need colder weather um we need normal weather to come back for fall, <laughs> right. and, and and the deer will go back to their normal patterns. But this is forcing them to get out of normal patterns. Yeah, it, it is. But again, patience will pay off. I know a lot of people don't have all the time in the world to get out and uh, go hunting, you know, on the weekends or whatever. But uh, you know, we'll find out. We'll find out what this weather pattern is going to be for the the winter time because it's about now when we start getting our buddy Andy Provenzano in, who's a meteorologist uh, here in the area and quite a good one. He's done it for over thirty some years, and you know, we've been pretty good with the, the predictions on the winter, and we'll have that, I'm sure, before too long. But Doug, I tell you. I, as always, uh, I appreciate the information you give us here because uh, w without it, I mean, you know, we have a better direction to go. Well, uh, you're welcome. I just, I love whitetail deer. I, I watch them. I, I mean, I study them. Um, and it just amazes me. The other thing you got to remember, and hunters have to understand is every deer has its own personality. And some of that can be genetic. So you can see it in multiple. Sometimes it can be a socially learned trait. Um, and so those things all play into how deer react to you, to things in their environment, sense, um, positive or negative. Um, but they're all, they're all unique in their own way. 
All right, Doug Roberts, appreciate you joining us here on Wild Michigan. Uh, I, I think we're up against the break, but in the meantime, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say thank you so much, and I look forward uh, to getting out. Again, as as we do all the time, you know, getting outdoors is fantastic. Yeah. And uh, and are you going to hunt this year? <laughs> I know uh, you're always busy. Able, <laughs> I've been out two evenings so far this year, and uh, you know, I've seen deer every every time. But um, next week, we're gonna we're gonna put the the farm to bed next week uh, with the AI and get all that done, and then I, I should be able to get out and you know hunt some mornings and evenings and, and see what's out back. All right, man. We wish you the best of luck. Doug Roberts joining us here on the Conquest Sense Hotline. Look for his uh, great line of product, conquestsense.com. A link on our website, wildmichiganradio.com.